season five is over. It's still over, but guess what? The Game of Thrones book club is not over. It's back, and it's only, We're back, y'all. It's only been a month. How about that, Terry Schwartz? Terry Schwartz in his house. Josh Wiggler in his house. We're like setting records of that not record. being terrible podcast hosts yeah. right now. So I'm very proud of us. I mean, usually we're really good in the on season. We, we, hmm. I think we hit pretty much every week. We don't always yeah. make it. Usually there's like, there's like the work trip related, uh, and, sidetrack. And we will be good again once the new show finally, and we will once be the good show again. finally comes back. But we were really good in the off season between four and five, and we've been really bad in the off season between five and six. This is only our second podcast between five and six, but it's our second podcast in two months, so I'm going to do a little bit of a patting myself on the back here, Terry. I'm patting, I, like, if we were in the same city or even on the same coast, I would pat you on the back, but instead I will sit in my office and let this point trail off. <laughs> and just me. continue to stare at a computer screen. <laughs> and, and just. Speak have nonsense. nothing to follow that up with. And speak nonsense. Terry, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty great. Uh, IGN is still awesome, as people who listened to the last podcast heard. Uh, I went from Zap to it to IGN, where I am a queen nerd in our entertainment is department. Is that your official sure. title? It should be. I mean, I'm the only lady down in L.A. So. <laughs> queen nerd. I feel like queen that would nerd. be a good job title. I think that you should put that on your resume, even if it's not a fish. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to. I will set that to my Twitter bio <laughs> by the time this goes live. That's Queen good. Nerd. Yeah. Queen Nerd. How about you, Josh? You don't, want, you don't want to go with Nerd Khaleesi? You just want to go Queen Nerd? I already have Valor Morghulis in there, so I feel like... You don't want to double down. Yeah, I mean, like, okay. the people who know that I love Game of Thrones know that I love Game of okay. Thrones. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. How am I doing, did you ask? Yes, I did. I'm doing terrible. Oh, no! Uh, because I know that I'm supposed to be wearing a dress because I lost a bet with you, Terry, and I'm not wearing a dress. <laughs> I just decided I'm not going to do it. This isn't a video podcast. I'll save it. How about that? I'll give you uh, I owe you one. I owe all if, of you one. If it makes you feel any better, I forgot that we made that bet. But I'm, oh, glad, that, I'm glad that I won. It says something about me that I must really want to wear a dress on camera again for me to be the one to A, make the bet and make those the stakes and B, bring it up when you had clearly forgotten it. I mean, Emily and I, Emily, your wife and I are good enough friends for me to say. She also has great in a dress. She has great clothes. You know, I just she has wanna, great clothes. I want to try stuff on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's a, a consequence of I said Game of Thrones would win Best Drama at Golden Globes. You picked the field. Great pick on Terry's part. And it went to, <laughs> went to Mr. Robot, another really, really great show. So I was happy about that, even if I lost the bet. Uh, very, very happy for Mr. Robot. Very sad for me. What are you going to do? Here we I mean, are. I'm, I'm happy for you and for Mr. Robot and for me. I'm just, I'm just happy. I think that, I mean, also we could, we could, you know, stop down and say that like the Golden Globes this year were very weird to begin with. Uh, yeah. but I, do, but I do think Game of Thrones season five winning the Globe, you know, it won the Emmy. I don't know that it needed to win the Globe. And I also don't know if season five was the season that would warrant that victory. Uh, I don't know if you have thoughts conflicting. I'm getting, thoughts. well, no, I mean, as people who listen to this podcast know, we had some issues with season five. I wouldn't call it the best season of the show. There were things that I thought that it did well. Hard Home was awesome. Um, I feel like it won the Emmy simply because it probably deserved to win the Emmy earlier seasons, but there were other shows that were also deserving, and it all sort of accumulated in the TV Academy going, well, 
there's no Breaking Bad this year, so it's Golden, it's Game of Thrones, uh, turn. But I'm really excited about this season. I know we've gone back and forth about it now that we're only a couple months away. I'm like feeling that enthusiasm. It's still really weird not knowing what's ahead. But like earlier today, I was having a conversation with a friend where I was like, oh, and we're getting Euron this season and we're getting the Tarleys and like, yeah. okay, yeah, we're getting a lot of really cool stuff this season that I'm excited to see how it plays out. Okay. So that's really fun to hear because when we did our podcast last, we were talking in the beginning of January and it was just after George R. R. Martin announced that he was not going to be able to finish The Winds of Winter in time for season six. And we were all very sad, a little bit mad, a little confused, hurt. No one really <laughs> knew what to feel. And I felt like we got like, I don't want to call you cranky pants Terry Schwartz, but I feel like we got a little bit of negative Nancy coming from you. I, I feel was, like, I I feel was like you were sad. You were, you were very sad Schwartz. Yes, I was a sad Schwartz, and I was in mourning, and I have sort, sort of, of come mourning. to terms to it, to it, but also have not been thinking about it too much because it makes me sad. But now you're okay because we're close to the show. We've there's new Game of Thrones to talk about. That's made, exciting. We've made our peace with it. it. The you know the situation is the situation. We must push on. So yeah, so there's new Game of Thrones to talk about very soon. There isn't exactly a new Game of Thrones thing. To talk about right now, it's not like we're recording a book club podcast because a new trailer just dropped, although there were those cool little teasers. Did you see those, Terry? If you tweeted at Game of Thrones on Twitter with House Stark or House Lannister or House Targaryen, the Game of Thrones Twitter account would tweet back at you with a really cool like 30-second video. That was pretty fun. That is fun. I saw you wrote about that for The Hollywood Reporter I, where you're covering Game of Thrones. Look at you. Now. I wasn't even going to plug myself. Oh, you, I'm here to you plug you. Me. I appreciate um, it. Yeah, I, I did see those. And they've done things like that in years past. I don't know if you remember. It was like, it must have been for season three. Uh, what are we coming up to? Six? We're so maybe season four. Um, where they were like the Three-Eyed Raven was sending people DMs right. and there were cool little things Yeah, there. I love the Three-Eyed Raven just sliding into your DMs. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so weirdly pervy. sexual. But it, so yeah, pervy. Oh, and he's so... Perv Raven. Oh, uh, perv Raven. Three-Eyed Perv. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. But yeah, I thought it was really neat. I am ready for a trailer, though. Like a trailer that actually shows us something more substantial than things we've already seen and stuff we already know. And I feel like we're due for it. I think so, too. I expect that we'll get it relatively soon. And when that drops, you and I will make the time to do yet another book club podcast, which is what makes this book club podcast so much fun. Um, yes. So, so let's talk about the reason why we're doing this, because we announced today on Twitter, Terry, you and I, we tweeted about this today, that we're going to be recording a Game of Thrones book club podcast tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got we got a great, um, you know, we were asking for questions. We wanted to see what people wanted us to talk about on the show today. And we got one. I'm trying to dig up who it was who asked us the question. I think it was straight up, why are you doing this? Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was Jeff Greer uh, at the Ice Camel who wrote in, what's the occasion for a Game of Thrones book club podcast? And we said fun. Um, fun is mostly the reason. The other reason is because I don't just make bets with Terry Schwartz. I make deals with several people, Terry. Um, mm-hmm. I, made, I made a deal with a mutual friend of ours, Terry, uh, a, a man who I will refer to as Maester Goldner on here. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maester Goldner, who is uh, someone who I have worked with many times in the past, is a dear friend of mine. Terry knows him very well as well, and he is an avid listener of the Game of Thrones Book Club podcast. So we salute you, Maester Goldner. And Maester Goldner, help me out with a problem. I'm fine. Everything's good. Nothing to worry about. But I needed. Now I'm worried. <laughs> but I needed. I needed a, an assist on a thing, and he helped me out. And in exchange, he wanted a new Game of Thrones podcast. So you all are the beneficiaries of Maester Goldner hooking it up. He helped me out. Now I will help him out, and we all get to to revel in this together. So everyone, round of applause. Thank you, Maester Goldner, for making Thank you, Maester Goldner, for this and many other things in life. So it wasn't just going to be like a random podcast of like you and I just coming on here and talking about dresses and mustaches and I don't know. Do you have another like third random topic you want to talk about really quickly right now? Uh, Nothing comes to mind. We can talk about Mr. Robot, I guess. We already did. We kind of talked about Mr. Robot already. So we'll count that as the third. Uh, No, it's not just going to be a random nothing podcast. What it is, it's going to be we are going to take on some questions from you guys, topics that you guys have wanted us to cover. We asked people uh, who listen to the show to write in with a bunch of their questions. But I will say, since this is a Maester Goldner-generated podcast, the vast majority of the questions are coming from Maester Goldner himself, <laughs> which is which is really this great. Is delightful. Well, I, I emailed him last week and I said that we are we are I'm satisfying the deal. We're recording a new podcast next week. It's a feedback show. We want a bunch of questions. Uh, if you've got anything, hit me up. Thank you again so much. Uh, this is for you. And he replied with, uh, "I'm looking at the list now. Sixteen, sixteen questions." <laughs> Got 16 Sorry questions. so much if this is just going to be me cackling. It's this great. is amazing. So we got 16 questions at least from Maester Goldner, and I think that we've got like a solid six or seven outside of that. Uh, so we've got we've got a lot to run through. I think this is going to be a really fun show. I'm so excited. Are, are you feeling good, Terry? This I, is great. I did not know any of this beforehand. Yeah. I have not seen these questions, but based on your level of enthusiasm, we're in for some good ones. I think it's great. I think I think that Goldner actually asked a lot of really fun questions that I think you and I, we've probably dug into in the past for many of them, but I think there's some that we haven't really talked about. And a lot of it is topical to where Game of Thrones fandom is right now, given that we're heading into season six without book readers really having much of an advantage at all anymore. Right. Um, so, so there's fun stuff to chew on here. And if you're ready, Terry, we'll I'm, just, we'll just I dive think into I was it. Born ready. All right, let's do it. All right. So let's, let's just run through all of the Goldner questions first because <laughs> they're great. And it's like all stream of consciousness and I really like it. All right. So this is, this is where he's started. And again, he has some silly questions, but I think he also asked some really good ones. Uh, This is his first one. Goldner says, now that the show is up to or ahead of the books in most of the storylines that matter, I can't shake this feeling that I liked the show more when I knew what was going to happen, which is odd given that the best parts of the show are often the quote unquote surprises like the Red Wedding. Am I crazy? That's the question from Maester Goldner. Am I crazy? Uh, these two things are not mutually exclusive. If you are feeling this way about Game of Thrones right now and you are also feeling like you might be a little bit of a looney tune. Right. Yeah, those could be completely separate things. Um, I are, Wait, are we going through all the questions or are we no, we'll talking about we'll, this we'll, one first? Yeah, we'll parse them out. We'll take, it, we'll okay. take them one at a time. I'm not just going to list off 16 questions and then I ask, thought you, you, were to, for a second, and then ask you to answer them all as though to... to I like had out a notepad. I memorize every to, like, single one. Um, I'm impressed. I'm feel... impressed with your potential dedication. To this <laughs> potential dedication. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. Yes. Um, Mr. Goldner, 
first of all. So pleasant to be speaking with you through these many, many separations of communication right now, pre-recording a one-sided conversation with you. Um, but to everyone out there who is feeling a similar way, I sort of feel that way too. I think that was part of what I was wrestling with in our last podcast was so much of my enjoyment of the show came from like analyzing things that I already knew was coming. And it's a little bit terrifying for me to be going into a season where not only do I not know the way they'll be deviating because they deviated a lot last season, uh, but also just not know where it's going. And like part of it is like I talked about before, it's weird to be having this story told not from George first, but also I would like, I got a nice comfort from knowing what to expect and what terrible things are ahead. And I've actually said this to some people who've worked on Game of Thrones where I'm like, I'm not ready to know what happens next. I'm not ready for what comes next after the the details that I've known since what, 2011. Right, right. Um, how do you feel, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, if you listen to the show, if you listen to the book club podcast, and we didn't do our prerequisite, uh, you know, Game of Thrones, book club, spoiler alert. If you haven't read the books, this is where you get spoiled on the books. Uh, but you know that by now, if you're, if you're listening here. And if you have wandered in here by accident, wander away. You don't want to, you don't want to be here. Although really there's not much more we can spoil for you. Um, my, I'm, you know, I'm typically fairly agnostic on this thing. I would have liked to have read book six before season six, of course. I have enjoyed Game of Thrones immensely because I've known what to look for and to see the clues kind of reveal themselves and to watch how Rob Stark walks himself into the Red Wedding and to be in on the gag on a lot of that stuff, and it's been great. But I, if I'm being really honest with myself, probably my favorite moments as a Game of Thrones fan are the end of Oathkeeper and Hardhome. You know, these like two powerhouse moments that I absolutely did not see coming whatsoever. Um, you know, as we said on the last podcast, as we say a lot, Oathkeeper being the reason that the Game of Thrones book club even right. exists. Um, you know, the, the scene where, where the Night's King is turning one of Craster's babies into a White Walker, that's just insane to me. And it blew my mind at the time, and I, I was never as blown away by the show as I was in that moment. And then again with Hardhome, I was just completely floored. So I like that stuff, and theoretically, season six should be mostly that. Um, you know, it's, it's venturing into story territory territory that we really don't know just about anything about, you know, excusing some of the Greyjoy stuff um, and maybe a little bit of Brienne and Sam storylines a little tiny bit, but there's really not much that we know. And that's exciting to me. I like that. I think that's going to be a fun experience. I'm curious how it's going to make um, the Winds of Winter reading experience whenever that book comes out, but it's really also kind of an if ever that book comes out or even the whenever could be a while. Um, so I'm concerned with the Game of Thrones story that we are getting in the you know imminent future and that's the show. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to get some new material that I have no idea what to expect from. That being said, no, Goldner, I don't think you're crazy. And anybody who feels that way, I don't think it's crazy at all to have this feeling that you liked the show more when you knew it was going to happen. That was one of the great, great, great pleasures of watching Game of Thrones as a book reader first. Uh, to be in on those jokes and to see those shots coming and to be the person in the room when you're viewing an episode of Game of Thrones with a bunch of your friends or family members who don't know what's coming, who don't read the books, and you get to be the person with the cell phone out and you're recording their reaction <laughs> to like Ned's head getting chopped off or whatever. That was so much fun. And now we're all on the same playing field. Uh, I will say to, you know, the 
the points that you mentioned, Oathkeeper and Hardhome, were so much about furthering the mythology of the show, which we're all, I think that's a huge hook to, to Game of Thrones and what makes people want to talk about it so much. I am excited to see how this next season furthers that. I think yeah. we're going to get a lot of that with Bran, whatever happens with the Jon Snow wall storyline. Um, the parts that I'm nervous about are the character development because it's those moments that I haven't loved as much when the show did its own thing. But yeah, it's going to be, it is really exciting to think that every episode is going to be going into it, not knowing what's going to happen. And I honestly hope that we fully pass the books, everything that's been published in these storylines fairly quickly so we can get completely into uncharted territory and not feel like, oh, this is how much this is deviated from the source material. Because at this point, it's all going to be really deviated from yeah, it. Yeah, I think so at this point. All right. Well, you mentioned Jon Snow and the wall in your in your uh, little little soliloquy monologue thingy that you just <laughs> did. Uh, this is from Maester Goldner. He says, obviously, the big question for season six is Jon Snow's fate. Do you think that they will cut right to the chase in the first 10 minutes or be huge a-holes about it and not bother to get to it until, like, episode three? So this is fun. Let's, let's chew on this for a minute. We agree, in some way, shape, or form, Jon Snow will return. It is known. Correct. It is known. It is known. The question that is not known is how he'll come back, you know, what form he will take. Is it John? Is it somebody in John's body? Is John going to be in somebody else's body? How is this going to work out? We don't know the logistics of a Jon Snow resurrection, return, whatever. Um, I mean, there are obviously going to be huge a-holes about it, right? <laughs> well, so, so this, is, this is the question, is, is the timing, I think, is something that's fun that we haven't really talked about too much, is like, when will Jon Snow come back? So do you, you think that they will be huge a-holes and they will not give it to us right away oh for sure really <laughs> so for sure <laughs> so talk, talk me through why you think that way you know i first of all i think they're going to open with bran i think that he is a character we haven't seen in a while i hope that they do something really cool with him having a vision or maybe you know we do see john lying there and it like pans back and it's bran looking through the weirwood and we catch up on that i think that there has been such a huge question here and the answer, one way or another, is a game changer that there's no way there – sorry, we, I've been talking about Deadpool a lot, so I can't get away from using this crass phrase. But they're definitely not going to blow their wad right at the beginning of the season. I think they're going to make us wait. I think they're going to make us wonder. I think they might return to Melisandre and some of these other characters. But I don't think that we are going to get an answer in definitely at the beginning of the episode, but probably through the first few episodes. I I don't know that I agree that it would be blowing their wad. I don't I don't I don't know if I agree that like you know if they came back with Jon Snow in the first ten minutes that they were just um you know they were really withholding something that was super powerful because we've had this whole summer you know we had the whole summer we had the the fall we've had the winter and it will already be spring by the time that Game of Thrones is coming back and we've had all of that time to freak out over Jon Snow so if they were to come right back and just like have that same shot on Jon Snow's dying face and somehow he's just like what happened you know 
Like, I, I would, hope that he I'd doesn't be so good with that. Like that. I hope he doesn't yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what? What was that? Yeah. yeah. Surprise. Yeah, I would be I would be thrilled with that. And I could I could see them doing it. I mean, there's precedent for something like that, although I guess there wasn't really change in in terms of the scenes, but you know, the end of the Lion in the Rose, episode two of season four, where Joffrey chokes and dies, and we have that great close up on his purple face. Uh the very next episode, episode three, begins with the camera still lingering on Joffrey's dead purple face. So if we were to do something like that, except in Instead of it just being like awful misery, it's instead just like really being super stoked and happy that Jon Snow is back. That would be really fun. Saying that out loud, it would also be really fun if it takes a long time for Jon Snow to come back, but the camera just lingered on his dead face and there was no change to it whatsoever. Uh, And it took like episodes for that status quo to shift. Um, There's a lot of different ways they can take it. That's what's really fun about the Jon Snow thing is... I'm standing with the brand opening scene it would be fun i would love to see a brand opening scene that'd be great i think i think that's and i was right about cersei last year based off of nothing that's right that's right um so you're saying officially let's let's take sides in this uh goldner positions it as the first 10 minutes or not until episode three you would pick not until episode three yeah, I would say not in the first 10 minutes, probably not for a few episodes. All right. Well, in the spirit of taking bad stances and death <laughs> no, against you. You're doing this to yourself again. I'll One or minutes. everything else. No stakes. No stakes. I'm not setting any stakes. I'm just putting it on the record. I'm going to okay. I'm gonna lean with 10 minutes, first 10 minutes. And, and so what what you're saying is not that we will see John, but that we will get a resolution. Yeah, that we'll get okay. that we will that we will find out what's going on with John Stone the first ten minutes. I know I'm wrong. Obviously, I I'm take wrong. this. But step. I will. But Gosh. I will. How about this? I will expand it to first episode. First episode. Okay. I think in the first episode in the premiere there is some form of major John Snow answer. Okay. I think that's happening. I'm optimistic. I will take that bet. I'm going to be an optimistic man. Uh, I am probably wrong, and I am probably dooming us all to waiting until ep- episode <laughs> nine when he it's shows It's like not even going to happen this season. What if it, how, like, what's the threshold? How long can they withhold Jon Snow before we just like start losing our mind? And this, this leads us right into question three from Maester Goldner, who says, when it turns out Jon Snow is totally 100% alive and everyone who works on the show is a huge liar, where should I send my hate mail and flaming bags of poo? Um, and I think that we could extend that to where do we send those things if it's taking forever to answer the Jon Snow question like what's the threshold episode episode four episode five like how long can they hold Jon Snow back from us before we send flaming bags of poo I mean I would say episode three is probably the threshold before we all riot uh, not to get into spoilers, but The Walking Dead did yeah, something no sort spoilers, of similar yes. with a character this season and it was so frustrating and just for me, and it really uh, killed a lot of my enjoyment of that part of the show. Um, I think past episode three, and you're really going to be trying people because yeah. that is the question. You need to, one way or another, offer a tease, whatever. You can't just ignore that it's a huge thing. As for where to send the huge <laughs> pile of poo. Yeah, do you have any inside info on that, Terry? <laughs> well, I mean, like... First George off, how about let's not had, do that? Yeah, let's not do that, but you can send, like like funny like chocolate things that like you can pretend are poo like George R. R. Martin has a theater like we'll pretend that Dan and David live at like one 
dragon's blood lane or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. I don't know where your chocolate will go if you ship it to that address. Yeah, I mean, someone will probably be happy about it. Someone, someone probably will be. But all right, well, let's let's not do that. Is probably yeah. my suggestion. But also, yeah. But also, but also, don't do don't that. Send <laughs> to anyone. Yeah, don't do that, Maester Goldner. I don't know what got into you with that one. <laughs> um, all right, Maester Goldner's fourth question: Will there be a king's moot on the show? And if so. Do you think that it could be like two minutes long and we could just get it over with? Uh, all right. So I'm sensing Maester Golder, not a big fan of the King's Moot, just to set up the King's Moot for people who may not remember or people who listen to this podcast and they just want to know what's going on. Uh, King's Moot, this is the big thing that happens on the Iron Islands after the death of Balon Greyjoy and they need to appoint a new king of the Iron Islands. And there's a lot of different people who are vying for this. There's Victarion Greyjoy, who is Balon's brother, and he is he is positioning for him for him it for himself he's basically just like you know a brutish barbarian then there is yara on the show asha on in the books who is positioning herself as the queen and then it ultimately the job goes to euron Greyjoy, who is another brother of balon and he is basically just a scoundrel and he has some sort of dragonish horn that seems to be uh really a big deal of some variety maybe uh we know that euron is going to be on the show this year that's a fact. Yes. We know this. We already talked about this in our last book club. So I feel like it's safe to say that there will be some version of a King's Moot, right? I do not think there's going to really? be a King's Moot. Yeah, I think that Euron is just going to like roll in and be like, yo, I'm running the show. And he's just like, and yo, what up? I'm king now. Yeah, I think that they're going to skip over all of the... Maybe someone will say we need to throw a King's Moot and then Euron will just show up and be like, it's fine. Well, I'm taking it. Well, there's something there's there's maybe a fun idea about I mean cuz cuz Bayon Greyjoy is not dead on the show. You know, he's he's still kicking around. They never, you know, you never heard that he died. There's no report of him falling off a bridge, anything like that. Um so you know, for Euron to have the role on the show that he has in the books, Bayon's got to die. Um, and it could be really fun if they just kind of like forego the king's moot or if they, you know, kind of forego the mystery surrounding his death and just show like Euron showing up and he just tosses his brother off a bridge. Yeah, I could see it being something like that or, you know, Balon happens to die this season and uh, similar to how it happened in the books, like Euron just happens to show up at just the right time. Right. I think that the other thing about it too is, you know, if there is some sort of King's Moot scene, it's not going to be chapters and chapters. Like it's not going to be episodes long the way that it's several chapters in A Feast for Crows. Uh, and I, I think the precedent for that is the um, is the season two premiere and mm-hmm. how they really they really just took the prologue, which is a really terrific prologue, I think, in in book two in, in Clash of um, I for, I'm blanking on his name, but the Ma- vampire, yeah, the Ma- the Maester, oh, the Maester, yeah, the, the the Maester at Dragonstone's perspective, Maester Crescent, I think, mm-hmm. um, and he is you know just like totally beasted by Melisandre after he's trying to assassinate her, and it's like a really tense thriller of a chapter, and it's done in like four minutes on the show. It feels like you know I think that maybe they expanded it a little bit throughout the episode, but it was very, you know, thinly drawn compared to where it was in the books. And I got to imagine the King's Moot would basically be the equivalent of that. Like, I think it would not be long. I think it would be a scene or two at max. So if if it is on the show, Maester Goldner, I think it would be not much more than two minutes to begin with. Yeah, I mean, it sort of depends on the person, whether you thought that was a great part of the book or whether you thought it was a drag. But I think it's hard unless... 
all of the Greyjoys roll in and are super interesting right from the start, like the Red Viper was, Pedro Pascal. I think it's hard to ask people to be emotionally invested in something like that, that so much characters that are new to this season when, hey, we got to know what happens with Jon Snow and Arya and all these other people who we really love. Uh, I think it's harder to balance that on a TV show and also your, your viewers might not be anywhere near as engaged as book readers are who are willing to come along for the ride wherever it takes them. Are you ready for question number five from Maester Goldner? I don't know anymore, but I think so. Question number five. Have you ever noticed how Sansa is totally the worst? Oh God, I knew that it would come to this. I knew it would come to this too. When I when I told him we would take some questions from him, I knew he was going to go here. This is this is classic Goldner. Classic Goldner. Who who loves to troll me on my love for Sansa because I Sansa do love Sansa. Sansa on the show. I love Sansa. Sansa is totally not the worst. Uh, and I don't think that Maester Goldner dislikes Sansa. In fact, he clarified in his email to me by saying, by the way, I don't hate Sansa. I merely think, objectively, that she's the worst. The worst? Objectively? Come on! <laughs> How- Who would you consider the worst? I don't know. The worst. The worst, objectively. I don't know. Like, the Sand Snakes on the uh, show? Uh, they're, uh. Pretty, they're pretty rough. Ollie? F that guy. Yeah, I mean, I think Ollie had more There's a list. than the Sand Snakes did. That's true. There is a list. And and just to go into his follow-up question, question number six, he says, Speaking of Sansa, I think the fact that real Sansa instead of fake Arya is married to Ramsay Bolton is easily the best, most satisfying change from the books to the show. Sorry, I realize boo. that's not a question. And, co- like, du- double boot. Listen, we do not have to go all the way back down that rabbit hole. We covered that thoroughly when the time hit us back in season five. Ten. I have a very severe frown on my face. Yes, but I have a severe frown. And let me just say, if you're talking about objectively the worst, and then you go on to say that Santa being married to Ramsay is easily the best, most satisfying change from the books of the show, boo this man. Ramsay Bolton is so much worse than Santa Stark. Also, if you're saying that's the best, then I guess Santa can't be the worst because yeah. there's something good about her. So your opinion is invalid. All right, so let's. So I want to drill down on this a little tiny bit further, um, and let's let's you know let's narrow down the playing field here because I would like to settle this. Um, what if what if we're talking about Sansa in relation to the Starks, and I'm talking about the main Starks. I am talking about Ned and Catelyn. I'm talking Rob, I'm talking Sansa, I'm talking Arya, I'm talking Bran, I'm talking Rickon, and if you want to include Jon Snow in there, I'll allow it. Okay. All right? So if we're talking about the worst, is Sansa the worst Stark even? No, like as much as I love Rickon and love Rickon jokes, he has had zero development. He has to be Well, he maybe has like a blip of development as a character and then disappeared. He has to be the bottom of the list. I need to hear a really compelling argument for why he's not. I guess that compelling argument is like if he's on Skagos and comes back with like a cannibal army and he destroys Ramsay Bolton. Yeah, he will be probably the best Stark. But that has to happen first. Yeah. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I agree. And we're not close to that. That's, we're not close. That's going to be book stuff. That's not going to be show stuff. Uh, There's no chance. Uh, Goldner, Maser Goldner, I can't believe you took this yeah. terrible, terrible train of thought it's to b- our precious podcast. Bad stance. Bad it stance. better have been a really good favor. But I want to, it was a great favor. He really helped me out. Um, but I want to, I want to, I want to get this from you, you know, while we're on the topic, Terry, how would you rank the Starks? You would start with Rickon at the bottom, probably. Oh, but I love Rickon. I know, but well, then who's who's worse than Rickon? <sighs> uh, 
Okay, let me start at the top. I love Jon Snow because I think he's dreamy, but I think Bran is my favorite star. Wow, really? I really like his storyline, and it's the one that has me most excited to see what comes next. Are we talking book or show, or some um, variety of the both? How about some combination of the two? Your overall feelings on these characters, if you can merge them together. Okay. Um, Arya. That's, John. An, that's an easy yes, Arya. Oh. Probably, especially as of right now, since so many of these character storylines got cut short, I would go Sansa as number four. Yep. Rob. Yep. So you got Ned, Catelyn, and Rick on currently in last. Is he staying there? No, you know what? I'm going to give it Rick and Ned Catelyn. Oh, wow. Never never loved Cat. But that's that's like... They're all good. Yeah. It's like good to best. Uh-huh. There's no actual bad. It's just ones that I, I never, I never loved Catalin. I really loved what Michelle Fairley did with her, but I never loved Catalin. And like Ned didn't, well, this is a spoiler, but hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you are aware of this. Like Ned didn't last through the first book. Obviously he sucked in some major ways. Yeah. yeah. Well, just in yeah. terms of, uh, you know. His his style, his methodology yeah. was yeah. was he, lacking. He didn't learn. He didn't learn. Yeah. How about for you? Um, I I thought about this a little bit. I I did this without Jon Snow. I felt like I should exclude him uh, because he is often excluded from Stark family affairs. Right. And just because he's my favorite character in the books by far. Um, I would go taking Jon out of the equation. I think that I'm going Arya number one. I don't think mm-hmm. that's unpopular. She's a badass. I think Sansa's my number two. That's fair. I love Sansa. I support that. Come at me, crows. She, she would have been my number three if yeah. I took Jon Snow out. Yeah, so I think it's Arya, Sansa, Bran, Rob, Ned, Catelyn, Rickon for me. Done. Okay. Fair. And I think if you want to talk about objectively the worst, I think you could say that about Rickon. Come on. Not yeah. great. Not great. Give, yeah. him, give him a cannibal army and then we can talk. All I right. just love him mostly because of the Tumblr page. Where is Rickon? I know. It's really good. He's a great meme. He's one of the better meme Starks. He's one of the better meme-worthy Starks. Yes. Mimi Stark is also on the list. She is a <laughs> third cousin. Uh, this is question number seven from Acer Golden. Are you ready? Yes. This is interesting. Speaking of the books, now that The Winds of Winter isn't coming out until, during, or likely after season six, do you think George will just make that book the end of the story? giving him until spring of 2017 to get it published ahead of season seven. This is not a possibility, Terry, that you and I have chewed on on the, pad, on the podcast or off the air as far as I can recall, because I don't think this is something that I've even really thought about until uh, Maester Goldner brought this up. This um, is a good question, but that man has no self-restraint yeah. when it comes to writing. And no, I think that we will not. Uh, that will not be the case. But I think if we're talking strategy here, if we're talking strategy and like, you know, thinking things through about like, what might you want to do in order to fix this situation, in order to right this ship, um, to, you know, right, you know, in both senses of the, the sounding of the word. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like there's something here, you know, there's no way book six is coming out before season six. That's established already. There's a possibility that book six could come out before season seven. He's got over a year until season seven comes out. It seems like he has some book six written. What if he just 
condenses the two books. You know, what if he does that? And then the major, major points of the final, you know, bits of the story will not be tipped by the show. He would be able to release it all on his own. I know that he has said, um, you know, seven, seven books, and that's kind of fitting with the seven kingdoms and seven gods and all of that stuff. Uh, but is, you know, is it thematically worth trading off being able to get everything done in one book that could come out before season seven and you would be in control of the story again. I think just strategic, maybe not in terms of like, is it realistic, but strategically, I feel like there's something strategically. It's a great idea, but like his writing got literally so bloated that he had to split one book into two massive books and those were the last books that just came out. Like, yeah. there's no way to me. Like, yes, he might set that as a goal, but I just, I mean, we always compare it to, uh, Wheel of Time. And I remember when, uh, Robert Jordan passed away, he was only supposed to have one more book come out before he passed away. And then he gave it to Brandon Sanderson and he was like, one book? I'm gonna write this in three. And it did. It took him three more books to get that out. Like, there's, I guarantee you that it's a very similar case where there are just so many things that need to get down on paper that yes, George wants to get it done in seven, but there's a very good chance it could be eight. I know seven is his goal, but I've never seen that man do anything that involved cutting back in that sort of way to get it out in book six. Or maybe, maybe he does do that and then it's so long it needs to be split into two books and it doesn't come out until 2020 <laughs> anyway. No, I don't like that. I like the idea of doing it all in book six and being done in releasing it you know before season seven just being like aha i got it i got it back we're good we're on track again you had that i one mean i season, would love that but, but i know it's not gonna happen but that, yeah. that, that was fun i think that's a fun idea sorry i'm such a cynic in this episode i'm like or no, this no. i'm like nope no way <laughs> no you're you're a realist i mean i think that the odds of that happening are are minimal and i think that there's you know there's certainly also creative reasons why to say no no to that idea uh one of those being, you know, tell the story how you want to tell it, however much time it takes you to tell it. Just tell it the best you think that you can do. That being said, you know, he has a lot going on in these books. Feast for Crows and Dance are both often looked at as just being stuffed. So, you know, maybe trimming those books down a little bit would be, you know, beneficial to to everybody, not just in terms of scheduling, but also maybe quality of the story. Who knows? Curious to get people's takes on that. I think that that's a really interesting point. That is a good question and one I've not heard before. Yeah. So Does that redeem him for the Sansa hate? Never. Never. Uh, question number eight. You ready? Yes. Which lost and forgotten character do you think we're more likely to get a look into in season six? <laughs> Benjen Stark, Gendry, or Sir Pounce? I feel like both Marjorie and Loras Terrell kind of fell into an abyss. Have they been shipped off to Mandyville? With the emphasis on Cersei's imprisonment at the hands of the High Sparrow, we really didn't get much view of the other side of that like in the books. Uh, so no, that, we're definitely going to get Marjorie. That that seems queer to me. I think Natalie Dormer has been on the record that she is back. I don't know yeah. about the actor who plays Loras if he has said whether or not he will be in on season six. Sure, he'll be back. I'm sure. Um, he'll, I'm sure. He'll I be. would say Gendry. You think of we'll get a three. check-in of Gendry? Well, oh. of those three, I think that's the most likely. The three, it, the three being Benjen Stark, Gendry, and Sir Pounce. You think Gendry is likelier than Sir Pounce? Because I think that we could say at this point, you know, wake me up when Benjen Stark shows up. I think wake you up when Sir Pounce comes back. In no! The air. I'm, I'm sorry to break it to you. It's funny. You I are such a cynic. I, well, I've talked to 
I think since whenever we would have talked about Sir Pounce last, I spoke with Natalie Dormer for an interview for her movie, The Forest. And, uh, I spoke with Dean Charles Chapman, who plays, uh, young Tommen, young sweet Tommen, young sweet Dean Charles. And both of them, like, just when we were chatting, they were like, do you know how annoying it is to work with a cat? That cat is never coming back. No. <laughs> so yeah, I would say Gendry, especially since Joe Dempsey is such a good sport, like that just still rowing is one of my favorite Game of Thrones related internet things ever. That and Maisie Williams Vine after the Red Wedding where she's like, they did. They so did. MG did. When when Gendry comes back with all that rowing, he is going to be like actually Baratheon jacked. Like he is going to be like, he's going to be like Robert's Rebellion Robert jacked. I would love if he like came back from the story because like Brienne and Pod needed like to take a boat somewhere and they look out and there's like this just like, like, um, yeah, having, like having, not, having not known anything about rowing before he is now like the greatest boat master in the seven kingdoms yeah <laughs> he's just like a total pirate master at that he's point. maybe he's with euron no. oh, oh twist how about that oh, maybe he is euron yeah, i was gonna say and that. he's also howland reed <laughs> what what <laughs> And yeah. he's the free-eyed raven. I feel like Sir Pounce, like, I, I know they, I know that they say that, but the internet was so sad when Sir Pounce was great in season four, and then in, with season five, they're like, yeah, he's not coming back for that. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I'm sure that it all went straight to his head, young child actor, like that Ketton was. Yeah. And now he's, I hate to break it to you, but even if Sir Pounce did come back, he'd be a full-blown cat. He wouldn't be that kitten. They could recast. <laughs> no, but that wouldn't make sense. They could, re- they could wait, 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 Terry. They could recats. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. This is such an aside, and yeah. I know we're already we're only halfway through his questions, and we have several other ones. Um, but we need to do a podcast for Keanu. Oh, okay. So <laughs> All right. I'm so excited hey, for we, we have we have Terry Schwartz on the record saying she wants to do a post show recaps podcast about Keanu, the key and appeal. If, if, no, no, no. If if you don't know what Keanu is, just Google Keanu trailer. If you find the, if you find the red band trailer, make sure you are in a safe environment. It's so good. Oh my god. Okay. Good. It's I'm in. Good. All right. All right. Next question. The next question is in response to my recaps joke, which is simply shame, 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 dingling a <laughs> That is question number nine from Goldner. Not so much a question uh, as much as it is a well-timed commentary on a terrible cat pun that I made. No, it was beautiful, okay. and I respect you more for it. Questions ten and eleven are linked, so let's just do them both at once. It is: Do you think Captain Phasma killed Stannis or Nah? And then part two is, speaking of Captain Phasma, that was all pretty disappointing, though, huh? Um, um, like, second- let, let's just set up Star Wars. This is a Star Wars thing. Obviously, if you have not seen Star Wars, you are alone. You, you are yeah. one of the very few who has not seen it yet. Um, so we'll probably talk a tiny, tiny bit about Star Wars. We'll keep it as spoiler-free as possible here. Well, the biggest spoiler is that Captain Phasma was lame in it. Uh, but yeah, Captain Phasma totally killed Stannis. Yeah. Captain Phasma being Brienne of Tarth. Yeah, I think that's that's confirmed at this point. There's uh, there's yeah. been a lot of a lot of different resources for uh, confirmation on the death of Stannis. So yes, show Stannis's toast. That's done. Uh, you can't uh, resurrect everyone. Captain Phasma was lamer than Brienne of Tarth's journey in Feast for Crows. <laughs> oh, oh, smack! She went there. Slam! <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Slam dunk. Yeah, she looked really cool. Yeah, 
And I well, think she's got potential, you know, potentially for future Star Wars movies, but she was definitely pretty boring. In I love Gwendolyn Christie, and I will watch her, like, in a still image yeah. for two hours. So, yeah, I'm on board. Um, all right, moving on. Question 12, you ready? Yes. Here we go. Which bananas fan theory is more likely to be revealed in season six? R plus L equals J, Jojen yes. Paste, or something else I haven't spent enough time on the internet to know about? Um, Jojen Paste, I think, is, like, too complicated for the internet to understand. Also, he's already dead. So he did. He's so dead. He OMG dead. Definitely R plus L equals J. That's happening. That's, yeah, that's, like, that's, that's gotta happen. And that's gonna be, like, the biggest part about, like, you're gonna, you're gonna get lots of think pieces. I might even write one. You'll probably write one. We'll be talking about this of, like... About what? About the show revealing it before George? Yeah, and, like, it's gonna be, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna dive... We'll, we'll be diving into that in a lot of different ways from a lot of different angles, because that's gonna be a big, big deal whenever that is revealed. Uh, whenever it is revealed that R plus L equals J on the show, and if that's happening before the books, which... At the current pace is extremely likely and i agree i think that's going to happen in season six it's about time um they started setting it up pretty well i thought in season five um i think that you're going to see a lot of people being like well this is why it's such a big bummer that i will change my twitter handle to r plus l equals jaded wow smack (laughs) i'm full of smack today i didn't know i had it in me happy monday no one else is gonna get this on monday we'll have to release it next yeah happy tuesday oh we're gonna hold on to it we'll hold on to it forever no one will ever hear this (laughs) that's how it'll work tweet at us if you heard it it's never gonna happen never gonna Um, happen happy monday hashtag Happy, happy, happy Monday. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Arpazelli equals J. I don't think we'll get Jojen paste. Unless, like, when Bran comes back and there's, like, a scene with him and the Three-Eyed Raven and they're just, like, sitting there and it's awkward silence for a little while and then Bran's like, hey, remember that milkshake you gave me? Was that my friend Jojen? <laughs> and the Three-Eyed Raven like, nah. Remember no. that milkshake? <laughs> yeah, no way. That wasn't me. I didn't do that. It wasn't your friend. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's got, like, two twigs crossed behind the back of his trunk. Oh, like, no. a, so I, sad. I totally did it. Um, all right. Question number 13 from Maester Goldner. If every Game of Thrones character were drowning in a river and you could only save one, what kind of sandwich would you eat after you saved Arya? Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. I think I might go Turkey Club. Turkey Club's a good sandwich. Okay. I mean, that like that takes some time. To make like well, you no one said I had to make it. I imagine that like hot um, pie delivery service is coming. Yeah, but hot pie would be drowning. Oh well, yeah. I imagine That's like you're just point. sitting there making a That's like a lo- sandwich that takes forever to make while everyone is drowning. They're like, "Help us!" and you're like, "I need my bacon crispy." Well, what if before all of them were? I'm assuming that they are all going to be uh, in the narrow sea. Um, if that was happening, then why couldn't I just like steal some sandwiches from hot pie beforehand and just have them ready? Yeah. I mean, like you could like save Aria and then go to his little inn and get them there while like you don't even have to watch everyone drown. Yeah. All right. Question number 14. Did you ever notice how Sean Bean's first name really should rhyme with his last, but it doesn't? (laughs) Never. (laughs) Seen Bean. He's right. (laughs) 
Sean Bean. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to refer to him as that if yeah. I ever see him again. Yeah. I had never heard of that both, before. Both Maester Goldner and, <laughs> and Sean Bean. Bean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Sean Bean. I like that. Uh, question 15 is mustache for dress. That's already been addressed on this podcast, Maester Goldner. So go back in time and listen to that. And then question 16 actually isn't a question. It's just a thing that he says to me. He's like, that was just a bunch of questions off the top of my head. I'm sorry about that if they're stupid. And I replied to him and said, no, they're not stupid. These are great and hilarious. Thank you for your questions. You're so, welcome for like the 45 minutes of us. Yeah, we, we spent like a solid, <laughs> I think that we spent a solid like 30 to 35 minutes addressing all of these questions from Mr. Yes. Goldner. So very good stuff, Mr. Goldner. Consider the uh, all, all, uh, all pet, all, what's the debt quote? What's the debt quote from Game of Thrones? Uh, Wiggler always pays his debts. Yes. And I did. I paid them. And a Schwartz does too. And a Schwartz does too. So that is done. Uh, good stuff. All right. So we've got a bunch of questions from a bunch of other people, Terry. So we still got some business here. You, you good to stick around for another few minutes? I'm good to stick around. And I actually, I tweeted while we were recording this that it was people's last chance to uh, send in questions. I believe at Geek Furious, who is Kylo's sweet side on Twitter right now, oh, he yeah. said he sent one in. So, like, check the email. I got it. Uh, Okay, good. I got it also, from Curious. Also, Spencer Perry, keeping this uh, uh, friendly, our friend Spencer Perry at Superhero Hype and ComingSoon.net asks, question, which one of you loves me more? That's obviously me. I love Spencer more than you do. It's not worth getting into on a podcast. It's just the, it's just the truth. It's okay. You might love him a lot, but that just speaks to how much I love Spencer Perry. Spencer Perry is another guy that we'll get on Post Show Recaps at some point. Um, all right, let's, let's tackle that Geek Furious question. Geek Furious, great, great, great friend of the podcast. This is from yes. Geek Furious. Uh, the subject line is this. Sam's horny. And I'm worried. I'm worried about where we're going. That's just it. That's the question. I'm worried about where we're going as we go deeper. Here's what he says. I think it's actually go deeper. Okay. I think it's okay. Uh, no, no, no. That was bad. All right. I think this. I think we're okay here. I think it's kosher. This is Geek Furious. What do you think about the theory that Sam is holding the most powerful weapon of all? The war horn John gave him. Could this be George R. R. Martin's one ring? But a horn that no one thinks is important. That won't just bring them all, but crush them under its might. The first time they blow it, nothing happens. But what if blowing the horn, which created no sound, unleashed a magic that caused the others to accelerate their push south? And how will that play into the show since it hasn't been introduced at all? Or am I nuts? What's with everyone asking us if they're nuts? No, you aren't crazy. We love you all. We can't diagnose that. So that was a real bait and switch of a subject line. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very disappointed. Sam's horny. Sam, Sam's horny, Michael. Um, <laughs> so, so what do we think about this? I mean, yeah, it's not on the show, so I imagine however it is going to play out in the books and the show would be very differently if it plays out in the show at all. There are major things for the books that have not made it onto the show. Lady Stoneheart, a big one. The Griffs, a big one. Um, strong so, Bellas. Yeah, Strong Bellas, R.I.P. I wasn't even going to mention them. I know, um, but too, I'm here for you. Too painful of a subject. But what do you think? Is this going to be a thing that plays out in the books? It's, I mean, I feel like, you know... Yes, it must. I don't yeah. think George puts anything in that he doesn't play out. Also, something that we've seen happen with the show is that they don't introduce things until they need to introduce them. Right. Uh, because they, I think, generally have little faith uh, in the average TV watcher to remember everything or remember every character's name as there are a lot of characters. So you're that saying is fair, yeah. that is a fair concern. I think that they will bring it in at some point. Maybe it's coming in with your own. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to get some sort of resolution. What that resolution is, honestly, that's one of those mysteries in the books that I haven't read too much up on. I don't have a standing theory. I'm just excited to see how it plays out because I think it must 
must play out to something. But do you have any theories no, I on no what theories. it could be? I mean, I, it seems like it could it could knock down the wall. That seems legit. Could control dragons. That seems legit. I think there's a lot of talk about both of those things. I don't know. I'm, it's hard to imagine what the third one would be. I mean, like if we defeat the White Walkers by blowing a horn at them, that kind of sucks. Unless it's like like if you blew a horn and all the White Walkers suddenly exploded, that feels dumb. Uh, I mean, I guess that would be a great, like, kind of, like, shaggy dog type of ending, but it just, like, feels sort of lame. I would like it if the horn controlled the wall and, you know, Jon Snow and everybody kind of decide, let's blow this horn that will take down the wall just as the White Walkers are coming our way and it just, like, crushes them all. And then the consequence of that is, like, there's no more separation between us and the wildlings and blah, 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 and peace and love on Earth for everybody. That sounds nice. That sounds like a very not likely Game of Thrones ending, but I like where your heart's at. It's where, listen, this uh, we, we've determined this. I'm I'm very optimistic today. Yeah. Um, another great friend of the podcast. This is our Philly, who is always uh, a great listener of this show and many other shows here at Post Show Recaps. Our Philly writes in. This is fun. I like this. Some friends of mine who haven't read the books but love the show have been picking my brain. They were picking my brain last week about differences between the two. They were asking me specifically about who John's parents were, and before I knew it, I was ranting about R plus L equals J (laughs) and the Tower of Joy, among other things. I warned them I knew more than they wanted to know, but surprisingly, they were really eager to hear about ideas and theories they haven't encountered before. Is it a spoiler to discuss unproven theories with non-readers? What about simple differences between storylines from book to show, and how do you navigate those waters, and where do you draw the line. Great stuff, our Philly. Love That's that question. That's a great question. Great question. That's a great mid-season or in-between seasons. Off-season. Not off quite season. pre-season. We're not quite pre-season yet. Off-season. Off What's your take on that, Michelle? Um, I'll let you answer first. I would say... I, I find myself in that situation, you know, every now and then, less so these days because the show isn't so new and I'm not talking to a lot of people who are just finding the show anymore. I'm mostly talking to people who are into the show at this point. Uh, I think that I've converted anyone that I'm going to convert. Uh, I think that I've interacted with anyone who is going to be converted to the cause and the people that who, who do not watch the show that I know probably just aren't going to do it or may have tried and didn't like it. Those people exist. That's totally fine. Uh, but back in the day, um, I mean, I definitely was that guy who was like, yeah, you know, I guess we'll have to see, you know, wh- what's going to go on with Jon Snow's parents. Like, what do you what do you think is the big twist? And everyone would be like, oh, well, I totally think that his that Ned's wife, you know, who, who Ned was sleeping with could be this, this and this. And clearly, like, no, no awareness whatsoever of R plus L equals J. And then the question becomes like. Do I say, well, there is this other theory that it's not the mom that you should be looking at only. You should be looking at the dad, too. Or do you just say, oh, cool theory, dude. Good stuff. And I found myself on both sides. It depends on, like, who you know. If it's people you know, then typically you're going to know what their stance on spoilers are anyway. Some of those people will want to hear that. Um, Some of them won't. I think what's interesting is like these are theories that have not been proven. R plus L equals J is really accepted, but it's still not fact. It's not canon. Um, so it's an interesting line. I think with friends of mine that I know are into talking that stuff through and haven't read the books, I've probably talked about that stuff, but I'll usually caveat it with like, hey, I know some things that you know might be interesting to you, but they're not on the show and they might not be for a while. Do you want to hear them or not? Um, and that's usually how I approach it. What's your approach, Terry? 
Yeah, I mean, I am like the queen of accidentally spoiling things for people. <laughs> so, um, that's not great. But no, no, it's not a good reputation to have. Um, but with this, I agree. I feel like it's, it's calmed down a little bit. A lot of people, since we're mostly caught up, have, have read up on some theories and stuff. But yeah, I mean, there were like a couple years where you put any, you didn't even need to put any alcohol in me. And I was like, have you heard about like, or who do you think Jon Snow's parents are? Want to hear a theory? Um, I definitely think if, if people are asking you, tell me something. And it's not an overt spoiler in that we know it, but it is a theory. It's fair game, but they have to know, hey, there's a potential for this to be a spoiler or it could just be nothing. I also do think, you know, if people are interested, it's fair game to talk about differences between the show and the books that won't pan out to anything. Like, obviously, Lady Stoneheart isn't going to be a thing. That was something I kept as a secret for a while. But, like, Jojen Paste, once they got up through the Jojen death in the show... I thought that was a really fun theory to share because it's like, oh, like they aren't going to do this or whatever, but this is how bananas it got in the, in the, uh, books. So I think it's a case by case basis and it really depends on the severity of it. Some of them are just like really cool background theories that don't have a main influence on the plot. Sometimes like I just love talking about the tower of joy and everything that inherent hall and everything that came out of that. It's such a cool situation. Like especially the attorney at Heron hall, telling that story to people who haven't heard it before and having that be the basis of that theory is a really cool thing. And something that I just couldn't stop myself from telling too many people in life. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm probably not the best person to ask about spoilers because again, I loose lips. I, yeah. Loose lips, sink, sink ships. ships, sink ships. Do you know what's funny? Especially in the black water. Yes. That's what? true. Uh, as we were talking about R plus L equals J, I got a tweet from at Pomzi eight who says, is this ad exact and set designer, uh, Game of Thrones, a Song of Ice and Fire fan, and it is a picture from, I believe, a Zales commercial um, that has two people on a snowy mountainside with R plus L in the snow and a big heart around it. Oh, my God. That? Isn't that creepy? Too much. Isn't that weird? Too much, Zales. Yeah. You're telegraphing it. Yeah, you're spoiling it, Zales. You're spoiling it, Zales. Cut it out, Zales. <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of Tower of Joy, let's get into some more questions. This is Brendan Fitzpatrick. Once again, another great friend of the show. Everyone's a great friend this, of the show. You're all great friends. You're all great this friends great, of the show. This is a great crop of questions. I love it. This has Send been, one in. Yeah. We want to hear your questions. Yeah, this has been too. fun. This has been great. This is from Brendan Fitzpatrick who says, uh, can we talk about if and how they will handle the Tower of Joy this season? So what's your take, Terry? You love the Tower of Joy. Are we going to see the Tower of Joy in season six and how are they going to do it? Brand flashback. Fingers crossed. That's it. Lights out. I remember that was my initial theory is that they could open this season with the Tower of Joy or they could open it with Ned because there's been like talk about like a Ned flashback or whatever, having Ned kneeling in front of the tree, apologizing or like some sort of montage vision where we get brief flashes of things because we've talked about this before. I don't, as much as I would love to see like a tower of joy episode or a Rhaegar and Lyanna season or series or whatever. Like I think those characters are fascinating. I think they're mostly fascinating because they aren't characters. We know they're characters we know about. Um, so I would be happy if the show never showed us their faces and they were still sort of like imagined people from memory and we only really got the stone or if they do something where it's like a bunch of like 
you know, dream hazy flashbacks that we sort of like see a woman in bed, like crying out and blood on it and like Ned or, or whatever. But like, I don't necessarily want to see that play out in a straight way. That being said, they have this incredible device of a young Stark who can look into the past and present and future through a tree. So why not make use of that? That makes sense. That makes sense to me. And uh, Brendan had also asked, how's all that brand stuff going to work out? Because he's like 35 years old now, right? Uh, and I think that, you know, that, that speaks to it. I think they're going to do a lot. We'll of call that, it so. exposition vision. I think <laughs> expo vision. Yeah, I, expo I think, vision. I think we're going to get a lot of that with Brandon this season. That's one of the big reasons why I'm so psyched. Like, I, I don't think you can have him back on the show and not do that stuff because it's one of the coolest parts of his final chapter in dance. And yeah, we kept him sure. off screen for a full season. We're now into stuff that would be book six. So you got to imagine that Bran is doing some funky stuff. And I think we're going to see some funky stuff on the show. And I lot. love funky stuff. Yeah. On yeah. And I think it's going to be a lot in the vein of what you just suggested. Yeah, just as a, a side thing. So like when they do the tower of joy and they have like young Ned Stark and everybody, are they going to act like have a young Ned Stark actor or is it going to be seen being going to come back scene being. and they will just do scene being. Um, I don't remember if it was just rumor or fact, but I thought that they did. Yeah. There were like rumors last August that there, uh, was a young Ned Stark. Okay. But I also think, that Sean Bean is open to it. And also, and maybe seen. he wasn't seen, sorry, maybe uh, Isaac Hempstead Wright, who plays Brand, didn't actually know what he was talking about. But I remember in the past, he had told me that when they filmed Just the your initial, good friend, Isaac Hempstead no, Wright. No, no, no. NBD. This was, this was a couple years ago at this point. It was at one of the premieres. But he, I mentioned how, like, so I was looking one forward to... One of the premieres, she said. One of the premieres. Oh, whatever. You've been to <laughs> too. That's why people come to us. They love our expertise on all sides. I hope. Sorry. I have no expertise. It sounds like other things. I have no expertise to offer. Um, but no, I remember he made a comment about how in the initial pilot, they filmed that flashback scene uh -huh. with Ned. Which, I don't know how they would have, because I don't think that book was out then. He could have just been misspeaking. But I remember him saying that there was, like, some footage of Ned that they could have used for a future flashback. Or maybe I just speculated. Right. But I think... Based well, I mean, he is, you know, 16 going on 17 right now. So whenever that was, yeah, it would have been was like, like, what, 14, like, 15, newly, 13? Newly born. You know? Newly born. Newly born uh, as do, a seven-foot-tall baby. I do think that scene being is like he he did the game of thrones thing he rode that wave his other shows haven't taken off quite as well and now he's back to being like hey scene being weighs in on whether Jon snow is dead or alive and like right. doesn't actually say anything so i bet he would be willing to come I back think he'd be game. Yeah. i think he'd be game for it um this is from our good friend Umberto. This is from Umberto. Umberto. I love Umberto. Umberto wrote and said, how excited are you from Sophie Turner's interview last week where she said that this season will be a great Sansa storyline? Are you aware of what Umberto is referencing right now? I'm not. I missed that one. But also, didn't she say that last season was a great Sansa season? I I'm think, still excited. I, but, th I, yeah. think she, I think she probably did say that. I think she said it was probably a big one uh, for season five, which it was. But there was also a lot of talk about how there's going to be something happening in the Sansa storyline that's really 
really hard and difficult and disturbing to watch, and that came true. Uh, so that was stuff that she was talking about and other people involved in the show were discussing ahead of season five. Here is what she said to um, Entertainment Weekly uh, at the end of January. This was during EW's SAG Awards party in Los Angeles on January 30th. She talked about what is coming down the pipe in season six. So if you don't want to hear this, tune out for the next minute or two. If you do it, want to hear it, this is what she It said. undoubtedly will not be that spoiler. I really doubt it. But she says this. Well, we'll speculate on it. She says, this season is a really, really big one for Sansa. It's probably her best season yet. It's her really coming into her own. This season, she really commands the respect that she deserves, and she grabs hold of it, and she runs with it, and it's really good. Um, She also, she later says that fans are, quote-unquote, finally getting that storyline that you've been craving for the past five seasons. It was amazing because the past five seasons, it feels like it's been building up and up to that. You can only suffer so much before she finally gets the respect that she deserves. Um, That seems optimistic. Yeah. I mean, well, I am like, yeah, let's <laughs> please. I would love to have some good stuff. happen. Right? To a that character sounds good. It's time. It's time that something pleasant happened to Sansa Stark or if not, you know, pleasant, then at least something where she is victorious. Um, it doesn't sound like this will be like the final Sansa season based on that. It sounds like Sansa is going Dude, to have... Sansa hasn't earned the right to make it to the end. She she has a hundred percent, like a million times over. Uh, so that sounds, that sounds interesting. I mean, a lot can still happen and whatever that journey is to get there could still be, uh, you know, a grueling one. She did fall into a snowbank last we saw her right during the middle of a big war between Boltons and Baratheons. So it's not like she doesn't have her work cut out for her. But it it sounds like good things are going to come her way. That's cool. I like that. That's cool. I'm a fan. Um, She also said that this season there's, like, so many shocks. It's massive. That that? is the least shocking thing I could possibly hear about Game of Thrones. How's that for a tease? That That is just full of spoilers. This is a question from our good friend. Uli Klumper, who says, who do you think is the character whose major upcoming book plot twist the show won't be able to cover due to earlier made changes? Uh, are you following that question, Terry? No. So who... Spell it out for me. So who on the show is going to have a big plot twist coming up in the books in the future that cannot happen on oh, the show because of things it's that It's like an actual, like, next book's... Butterfly effect. I mean, if if Uli is holding out on us, then I'm you know disappointed. In you Uli, were, you and I were might like, have to you take back that good friend. Emphasis on your syllables, and yeah. I was like, wait, am I? What? Who is who? Oh, okay. Um, no, I'm just Sansa. Loopy. Sansa. 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 Sure, of course. Yeah, the show has changed her story dramatically. So Stannis. Stannis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be tough. Uh, that will be that will be difficult. Lady Stoneheart. Yeah, Lady Stoneheart. These are all the easy ones. You know, like Jamie, Jamie and Brienne, because they're you know yep. last we saw heading towards Lady Stoneheart's uh, you know place, her clubhouse. And he's like leaving Dorn. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I think those are good answers. I like the Santa answer. I think that's a good one. Uh, from my good friend, Mike Bloom, you're a good friend too. Um, mm-hmm. We need some speculation on what Ian McShane's mystery role is. We talked about this a little bit in last week's or last month's rather podcast, Terry. Last week's podcast is the one that we've really been holding off on. That we, <laughs> that we really, that we like really the, didn't release. Like the original Game of Thrones pilot, no one will ever see no it. No one will ever see it. It was awful. We had to reshoot <laughs> the whole thing. Um, um, I, I ain't got shit. 
You don't have anything stuck. As they say in Spaceballs, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's one that's got me stumped, and I'm sure the internet has better theories than I do. We talked about this before, though, right? Like, you were saying it was someone who would just have a small but major that's that seems yeah that seems to be the deal and my speculation and i think other people share this theory is that he's the elder brother who is going to because oh right one of the other one of the other things that's tied to ian mcshane's character that ian mcshane himself said is that i'm going to be involved in bringing back somebody who you wouldn't expect to see back so is he just going to be like you know it's just like al swearingen just shows up and like brings Jon snow back to life that seems unlikely but maybe that would be kind of sweet um but it seems to me i feel like a good a good version of that could be um, could be the elder brother. Some some theorizing that I've seen. I feel like my good friend and yours, all of our friend Antonio Mazzaro, he texted me once and said uh, he could see he could see it being the Mad King Eris that he Ooh, that he shows that up at cool. in a flashback, and that would technically be being involved in bringing back someone from the dead. If it's some sort of flashback, that could be sweet. I think there's a, there's a lot of possible options. I think that it's probably he could be Brandon Stark. I feel like we went down this path before. Brandon Stark feels. Well, Brandon Stark's supposed to be like a young dashing guy and oh, no, that's no offense to Ian McShane but I think he's like you know high 70s at this well, point uh, I thought that Euron was going to be an old ugly guy and he's pretty dreamy no he is pretty good he's pretty good so I don't know lots lots of possibilities there another Brendan Fitzpatrick question which is not a question it is just hashtag Clegane Bowl hashtag get hype <laughs> I love the internet. Thank yeah. you for that, Brendan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. yeah, we're down with that. We're down with the Clegane Bowl. Speaking of Sandor Clegane, who may or may not be brought back into the by show the by, brother, yeah. by the elder brother, Ian McShane. Yeah, if you guys These have These are not, really good segues of questions, by the way. If you, I, if, yeah, this is what I do now. This is all I do. <laughs> um, if you have not sought out the Clegane Bowl YouTube video, first off, again, as with the Keanu Red Band trailer, I would say NSF Dubs. Yeah. Uh, not safe for work. Um, and also do yourself a favor and watch it. And hashtag we'll, get hype. Yeah. Hashtag get hype. And you'll understand what that's all about. And it's really great. And it's very weird. Uh, so be prepared for some very, very <laughs> we, weird. We like just thinking Tim about and it. Eric style stuff. Uh, let's, let's wrap it up here with our good friend, Laura Maria Olson. Laura M- Maria Olson. We already spoke about this guy. I like this. What about Rick on? Are we ever going to find out what happened to him or did I miss something? <laughs> no, you didn't. You miss didn't miss anything, anything Laura. <laughs> no one knows. I think, <laughs> like, question. eventually, I still like. I would love to have season eight. I, like, we don't know how many seasons it's going to be, but I'm guessing eight. Whatever the last season is, just be the Rickon season. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be the main character. Everyone else is going to be dead. It's just going to be him and Shaggy Dog, King Rickon. Yeah, a boy so, and his dog eating, and a, eating a sandwich after he saved Arya Stark. Eating uh, a turkey club sandwich with peanut butter on it. And then a peanut butter and jelly for dessert. Or the peanut butter and jelly can be for Shaggy Dog. Um, No, Laura. We... Rick and I love. Just go to whereisrickin.tumblr.com. It's already going to be so hard to explain how um, Bran Stark is seven feet tall these days. Well, he'll be under a bunch of... You know, but that's like, you can do that, but how are you going to explain that Rick on Stark is, you know, probably going to be a fairly tall individual himself by the time he shows back up on the show? Kind of imagine he's going to be like, what, 16, 17? You can't. He will have gone through some stuff. I'm now looking at the whereisrickin.tumblr.com Tumblr page, which hasn't been updated since December 15th, 2011. Yeah. This brings me so much joy. Okay. It's so good. It's a 
It's a five-year-old internet joke at this point, and it still makes me so happy. Five years. Yeah, five years. Well, of, I guess like, you know, almost four to five. Five going Seven. on, you know, five seasons going on six seasons. We're, we're trucking through it. A long time that Game of Thrones has been in the pop culture mainstream, still going strong. Game of Thrones book club still going strong. Terry, that's all the questions. We did it. We did it. How about that? I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of all of you guys. We missed you. Missed you guys a lot. Really fun to get to come back to this. Uh, So, you know, not like super fast after our last one, but a month is good. I think Considering there was nothing new to talk about. No, it's good. It was good. And the good news is there should be new stuff to talk about fairly soon. So we will definitely be back in at least a month, if not sooner, if a trailer drops or if there's some really big noteworthy news. You can always get questions into us. This was fun. I would like to do this again. You can get questions into us. We like to be interactive with you guys postshowrecaps.com slash feedback. We've got a feedback form that you can type, type, type on and send your questions, send your ravens our way. You can also tweet your ravens our way. At Round Howard is me. At Terry underscore Schwartz is Terry. And how about we... Like Schwartz, but rounder. Like Schwartz, but rounder. How about we give the peeps a hashtag? What do you got? Anything come to mind for you, Terry? Ha- hashtag Happy Monday. <laughs> hashtag Happy Monday. If you, if you hashtag Get Hype. Heard it. Those are, those are two that you you could use how about something specific from the show there was some fun stuff we said perv raven earlier but i think yeah. we moved on from that scene bean is good if you just replaced that a from from scene with an e to make it scene being phonetic that seems that seems difficult uh how about maester goldner you know let's let's thank the man who brought this thing together once again Round of applause for you, Maester Goldner. Thank you for the favor. Thank you for helping me out a few weeks ago. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope that all you people enjoyed the podcast. That was created by Maester Goldner doing uh, Wig- Wiggy the Fool a solid. I don't like, know. I don't know what my like gr- Ron Howard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What, I don't have like a good Game of Thrones name. Uh, Wigwell Tarly. Uh, so that was good <laughs> I stuff. Like that. So hashtag Maester Goldner. Thank you, Maester Goldner. Tweet that to Terry and I. And Terry, we'll be back as soon as as soon as we've got a reason to. It seems like we'll probably have a reason to in the next few weeks. Mwah. Good stuff, man. All right, take care, everybody. Bye.